Hi, this is the See You Next Tuesday podcast. We have dirty words and shit potholes throughout the entire episode. Our name literally spells Kant. How could you not know what was coming? Thanks for listening. to another episode of the See You Next Tuesday podcast. I'm Jesse. I'm Amanda, aka the Chaos Coordinator, because I'm trying to coordinate chaos as we speak. You really are. <laughs> oh my god. Cluster. Cluster fuck. Oh, so, yeah, our weeks were clusters. A big time. I hope yours wasn't. I hope you were living your best life. Mm-hmm. And please... Send me a plane ticket, because I want to live it, too. <laughs> Wherever you were at, because it's not here. Hopefully it's Hawaii. <laughs> <laughs> Seriously. Oh, my God. But on that note, our podcast is meant to be a place where we don't talk about any of that crap. So you want to talk about what you bought? Yes. I have a Instagram made me buy it. I haven't had one of these in a hot second. Oh, my God. She wanted to wait to open it. So here we go. So I actually, I really did want this, and... Hold on, where are my scissors? Are they in that drawer? Oh, hold on. Are they in that drawer? Oh, yes, they are. Uh-huh. Uh-huh, uh-huh. So, I'm really excited about this, and I have to say, the company has the greatest customer service. I was getting emails constantly like, I'm your representative. Your order's on its way. If you have any questions, feel free. My name's Jane, or whatever. So, I bought some Mad Rabbit tattoo care oh yes okay you know what we have uh, actually quite a bit of this at our house because we get a lot of tattoos love it yes. love it yes so i bought the one that's supposed to um make them more vibrant oh like the balm yes Ooh, vanilla coconut yes Ooh. so it's supposed to make my tattoos more vibrant and also protect them, like, in the sun and stuff. Ooh. So we're going to do it on my big one over here. Ooh. Is it working? <laughs> it, it looks vibrant. Does it look oh, more yeah. vibrant than it did? Yeah, it's like, yeah, because it's, like, conditioning the the skin, which then makes the red and the orange pop on your tattoo. That's really pretty. Did it Let me make... smell it? I'm going to smell your arm. Get it ready. Hold on. <laughs> here we go. Ooh. It smells like... It's like a tropical, almost like a, you know, the, the tanning oil we all used to use? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hawaiian Tropic? Yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah, no, that's great. So you can just throw that on there after it's healed, and it'll make it, it'll just keep it uh-huh. nice and healthy. It's pretty. Oh, yeah, look at that. So did it, like, Ooh. make the colors more vibrant? I mm-hmm. can't see it because of where it is on my arm. Yeah. Yeah, it did, actually. Here, do one, like, do that one. Do that one. The black one. Because, you know, black is, uh, like, it's one of the harder colors to get out of the skin but it's also one of the first to kind of fade i find oh yeah that's nice yeah so i can just put this on my arms like lotion every day and it'll make my tattoos more vibrant yeah Ooh, that's a hell of an endorsement um actually hey mad rabbit people we would love you to sponsor our podcast we do get and have a lot of tattoos so what's up and they actually (laughs) have like healing cream and stuff i didn't buy that because mine was going to be healed by the time it got here. Oh, and it came super quick. I ordered this on Monday or Tuesday. It got delivered today. Oh my God. That's like, and just so you know, we record on Saturdays. So yeah, not that long within a week. Yeah. That's so cool. I've been seeing this pop up on my Instagram and I'm like, Oh, how much is this? It was like 20 bucks. That, I mean, and honestly, because it's a balm, you don't need much of it, right? It's like yeah. a, a hand. Yeah. Again, not an ad, but we'd love it to be. <laughs> not an ad but um, but hey instagram made us buy it that's our little instagram corner for you because mad rabbit yeah because as we all know Holla. instagram sucks now um pretty much so yeah I, at um, least we can buy stuff off of it i, guess. <laughs> I get sucked in oh my god do you want to go into a little bit of why your week was such a clusterfuck or not sure how are we feeling about that right now at this exact moment in time I'm going to take one of the baby knives I bought and stab that bitch in her eyeballs. Speaking of another thing you bought off Instagram, have you told them about that one? No, I got those on Amazon. Oh, 
It's only because I love the little... Little mini things. Mini cooking reels on Instagram. And again, I, I told you, you need to find Mini Chef. I cannot believe you haven't seen Mini Chef because he did so cute. And I, oh my God. Okay. Anyway, I'll let you tell your story. So I, I told you the backstory, right? Yes. You know the backstory. I cannot... Sorry, y'all. Yeah, privacy. There are real people involved, so we're just mm, yeah. keeping it vague. Mm, yeah. So... Last Friday, um, I have an employee that works for me come back to work after several days off for reasons. And um, you know how when people are talking to you and you're facing one direction, as soon as they start talking, you start turning. Right. So you can see them and look at them in the face, in the eyes. Right. Yes. And so you don't really, like... Your body turning and them talking, like, you can't, sometimes it's too late. Like, you've already turned to see things and it's too late. Like, like as in it's too late to exit the conversation quickly? Yes, because uh-huh. you've seen things that you don't want to see. And then you're like, mm, okay, uh, how do I get out of this situation? Yes. Got it, okay. So, they start talking. I start turning. There was no pause in what they were saying, but I had already started turning, so it was too late to bail. Oh, shit. They said, hey, look at my teeth. They had their fucking teeth in their hand. Oh, my God. Oh, oh, my God. That is so much worse than I thought it was going to be. Now, their I have teeth? worked in oh restaurants God. for many, many years. God. And this is the weirdest fucking thing that's ever happened to me at a job ever. I, how old is this human being, by the way? I just want to state that. Under 40. So they're not a four-year-old? No. Or like a seven-year-old who's like, I just lost a tooth. You know, like one of, that's totally fine, no, acceptable. No, no. These are fake teeth. Still, this it's it's not appropriate, I feel. So I said, oh my God, no, uh, no, no, I don't want to see that. I'm sorry, no, please, please put those away. I don't want to see that. And they said, but why? It's so cute. No, no. This is, just because you're comfortable, like, having your, your fake teeth out doesn't mean that everyone around you will be as comfortable. Also, this brings up a bigger topic, which actually I'm glad you brought up. And it is, your office is not your house, okay? And I'm sorry if this is going to trigger some people, but, like, if other people are in the office, don't walk around barefoot. I don't want to see your nasty feet. Girl, I walk around barefoot at work all the time. I know, I know, I know. So that's why I was like, you know, but also stuff like that, like, what? Or, Or people just, like, Ah, just be considerate of others. That's all I'm trying to say. Be considerate of others. Don't okay. be a trash human at work. Please leave it at home. I feel like there's a difference between me getting up like the maybe six times a day I'm able to leave my desk and walk from my desk to the file room barefooted than somebody holding their fig teeth out <sighs> in their hand. I just, what, 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 was it supposed to be a joke? Like a, haha, hilarious. No, no. Was it like a, I need to go home because my fake teeth fell out? No, she just hadn't put them in for the day yet. <sighs> I I don't even know how to react to that. Like, why? What in, in their brain was thinking, I need, I need to show someone this. Why not just be like, oh, shoot, I forgot to put them in. Put them in in your car or in the bathroom. You know what I mean? Like, or even at your desk. Like, why do you, why are you showing it to other people? I don't get it. I don't know. And that was the weirdest thing that's ever happened to me. And like I said, I worked in restaurants for years. Like Around 10 plus years. Legit like weird people. <laughs> Very addicts. strange addicts. I've worked and... around drug addicts. Yep. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Yep. I mean, and you, those of y'all in food service, you know what we're talking about. It's not talking down at people. It's literally like, no, the industry itself is full of a lot of toxicity in many different ways it's like the tchotchkes of human beings (laughs) 
the island of misfit toys, shall we say. It's the food service industry. But that's also what makes it so cool. Is like, and I miss it some days. So I'm not dogging it because I, I fucking miss it some days. Some days I sit at my desk and I'm like, God, I could be slinging tacos right now and I'd be living my best life yeah. instead of this chaos. Yeah. Because also the, the, the one thing about a food shift is when it's over, it's over. It's not like there's work yeah. left on your desk for the next day. Yeah. It's done. Because those tacos don't save for tomorrow. Nope. But you know what saves for tomorrow? That shit I left at work today. That shit gonna be there Monday. I know. and the, I know. Plus more. All those emails over the weekend for people who don't have a, a weekend life for some reason. You're like, bro, no. I'm, I, you're gonna have to wait till Monday, okay? Oh, speaking of my job, I was chilling on my couch last night with my wine my phone goes off. I'm like, cool, let me see. Is it a text message? What is it? Oh, it's an email. And I'm like, okay, it's Gmail. I My personal Gmail, I use it only for specific stuff. And right. then I have another email that I give to everyone. Yep. So I think it's podcast Gmail, right? So I pull it up. Some motherfucker at my job has found my personal email. Not just the one I give to everyone, but the Gmail that I give out sparingly. Yeah, I didn't even know it for the longest time. You had to give it to me because for something we were doing, you're like, oh, here it is. So how in the hell? I don't fucking know, bro. So you know what I did? Like, remember, I've already started drinking at this point. Oh. (laughs) I text... Because I know I think this is okay in my brain because I've seen red now. I've seen red. It's happening. You're I've angry. jumped off the cliff. Yep. I've jumped off the cliff of anger. I've texted the GM of the whole place. <laughs> oh, and I said, one of the blank people <laughs> sent me an email at my personal email about blank. How did they find this? How did they get this? And he just responded, I don't know. And I responded with a GIF. Hold on. Let me show you the GIF because the GIF is pretty fucking funny. Because by the time he responded, it took him a real long time to respond because he was probably drinking. And like, he's probably a couple scotches in himself. Right. So I responded with, they can't even do their normal jobs right, but they can track down my personal email with this GIF. (laughs) It's just (laughs) smacking all the stupid away. With the girl from the Little Rascals and a hairbrush. (laughs) Just like, because then I realized I've jumped off the anger cliff and I've texted, yeah, the the and GM. On so a, now you got to kind of make it look like it was like a kind of a funny. Uh, <laughs> I was kind of joking. In, in actuality, I was really pissed and how dare you, kind of thing. But then I just did the exact same thing by texting you on a Friday night while you're at home, right? Well, at least you're self aware. You know, you could yeah. just be like, yeah, I'm like, oh, fuck. I just did the go- same goddamn thing. But here's the thing. I didn't have to track down his cell phone number because he's given it to me so I can text him whenever I want. Oh, OK. Well, I mean, but that's. Yeah. Yeah. But also. In your defense, it is kind of an overstep. Let's be real, because that's a personal email address that, first of all, I don't we don't know how they got it that you use for personal things. So for the a work person to have that for I'm gonna guess they talked about work things or was this like a newsletter about Jesus or something no 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 it was a work thing no that, yeah no go away no exactly so really it's like yo can it, this is my work-life balance can we not do this please? it was a work thing that I couldn't even take care of at home if I wanted to so then it's like bro again see you on Monday like I have certain people, there are certain people at my work that have my cell phone number and have the okay to call me or text me whenever they need something. Right. Because it is easier for me to help them in the moment than try to go back and fix whatever they fucked up. On the back end. Yes. Yeah. No, that and makes so sense. I have physically said, hey, do you have my cell phone number? No, here, let me give it to you. If you ever need anything when I'm not here, feel free to call me or text me. Right. But just so you know, if I, do, if I don't answer right away, it's because I'm napping or I'm in the middle of something, I will get back to you. Right. But the point is that it's there. Again, this is a ripcord situation. Like, shit's happening. You need me right away. Here's my cell phone. Don't abuse it, in other words. And they don't. And the people right. who have the, like, go-ahead, yeah, they don't abuse it. like Because, again, you wouldn't give it to somebody 
like, hi, this are, these are my teeth in my hand person right. who may just randomly text you about the, well, their teeth. Well, I don't know, man. I just, I, I, I keep <laughs> sighing because I just don't know what to even say to that. Like, I, like how you didn't just smack the teeth like, oh my God. <laughs> because, what the, because I was so like, because I was like, what the fuck? I don't get it. Oh my God. Yeah, that's a whole. She's lucky I didn't pull up my baby knife and stab her. <laughs> little mini knives. <laughs> but you know what I've been thinking about doing? And I haven't, um, I've been holding on to them since I got them. Hmm. So I could give you yours. Oh, the baby knives. Yes. And then I can do with mine what I will. But what I'm really thinking about is they're so tiny that I can literally just walk by my coworkers and be like, pink. <laughs> and I can just give them a little poke. And they're never going to know it's me. Well, if you walk by and they suddenly feel a pain, they might put two and two together. You think? No. <laughs> You've heard the stories, right? They're dumber than a box of fucking rocks. <laughs> that's true. They're pretty, pretty spacey. That's true. Yeah, that's fair. <laughs> so that's how your week was. Yeah. Yay. <laughs> you got to see someone else's teeth unsolicited and not in their face hole. I think that's the more the issue here. It, do do you. Do do whatever you need to do. But again, just respect your coworkers. Please, please just respect your coworkers. Oh, a couple of days later, she comes back from lunch and I hear her say, Oh, I left my teeth in the car. And she got up and went back to her car. I'm like, how did you leave your teeth in the car? Like, I feel like that would be something that you would notice like i mean because if they're are they like um what am i trying to say like caps it's like a flipper you know like um like the, a retainer like the toddlers wear in toddler pageants they just snap in uh-huh, uh-huh. on the front of their teeth yeah. oh yes, yeah okay. yeah okay yeah i gotcha oh, all right well that's a whole yeah oh, living the dream in corporate america right Go to work, they said. Yeah. It's fun, they said. You'll Fast get a paycheck, they, they said. said. Yeah. You get to live in a house instead of your car. It's great, they said. I don't know. Cars look pretty good lately. <laughs> but I'm, to not deal with that. <laughs> you know what? I'm thinking I, I'd be happy in my car right about now. Shit. And actually, that's not to discount. So, I mean, I will say it. people are really, really hard up right now. And uh, if there's a way... That you can just reach out to help anybody right now's a good time. Like, and I'm saying money wise, even you could just, hey, I'm gonna, you know, donate a little bit of my time here, or, you know, I've got a couple extra cans of food, I'm just gonna throw it, a, give it to a food bank, or, you know, that little thing can really help. Um, yeah, just now's a good time to look around, especially as the school season starts. There's a lot of teachers out here struggling. Well, and also, I know the past two years, mm-hmm. schools, the lunches were free for everyone. Mm-hmm. And I know at my kids' school this year, it's only free for the kids that qualify. Ugh. And it's so... To qualify, your income has to be, like... A very, very low. Mm-hmm. I, I don't understand charging for food at school anyway. I, I think that's just absurd. And the fact that, you know, teachers have to buy their own school supplies. And it, it's... Well, the whole thing is Well, and up. the lunch... Okay, my kids don't go to a regular public school, so... Right. Their lunches are a little bougie, but I think regular school lunches, from what I understand, are like crap. They're terrible. Well, and yours uh, go to a uh, charter? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, charter school. But really, all schools, I think, public schools should be like charter schools where it is about like actually understanding the concepts and not just passing the, the test, whatever test it happens to be at that time. But we can't have that because then we'll <laughs> teach children to think for themselves I and know. they will become adults that think for themselves <gasps> and then the politicians can't run their lives. You're touching on something there that, hmm, very, very interesting. And so <laughs> <laughs> we digress. Oh I my guess God. Adult, though. Real quick though. If you are going to be in the state of Texas around August 26th, 27th, 28th, we are going to be at the Dallas Podcast True Crime Festival. True Crime Podcast Festival? Sure. All of those things. Oh, it, it's all that and, <laughs> and more. And a bag of chips. Come see us. We actually have a um, a code. A, we do. A discount code. We got a discount code. It is. I'm going to tell you. 
And a booth. We with swag. With the swag. T C P F fifteen. T C P F fifteen. True crime podcast festival fifteen. And you get what fifteen percent off? Yes. Sweet. Yeah. So the tickets are actually pretty reasonably priced. Um, but yeah, get that get that fifteen percent off discount if you plan on heading that way. Um, yeah, we've got merch. We're gonna be hanging out there. Not really sure if we're gonna be doing any like podcasting per se, but we might be streaming live if you're not able to make it. So stay on top of our social medias. We're on everything. Twitter, C underscore podcast, Instagram, C next Tuesday Podcast, TikTok, C next Tuesday Podcast. So yeah, just stay tuned. It's gonna be fun. Can't wait. Yeah, we're excited. It's the first of many. Maybe next time it'll be CrimeCon. That's the, uh, that'll be great. That's the mothership. We've already applied, so crush fingers, everybody. Um, and ooh, we're also still doing the Video Killer series on our Patreon. Mm-hmm. Which, by the way, hi, new patron. We got a new patron. Hi. I know. It's so cool. Um, you also get episodes early, one day early, and you get to see the videos of this clusterfuck, which is our podcast. <laughs> yeah. get <laughs> <Speaking of> clusters. <laughs> Ridiculous. So do you want to tell us about who our cuntlet is today? Oh, yeah. I got a good one. I can't wait. I'm excited. So, Blake and Mary Jo Hadley. I love the double name. Mary Jo. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know how much I love a double name. I know. I might have picked it out just for Mary Jo. <laughs> you're like, oh, Mary Jo, okay. I'm like, you're the winner this week. <laughs> They've moved to Port St. Lucie from Fort Lauderdale to be closer to Blake's parents who had retired and moved to the neighboring town of Stewart. That's right. Florida. Oh, Lord. Port St. Lucie, too, man. Jeez. Florida. Yep. We got shit shows. Okay. So, while Port St. Lucie was devastated by the real estate crash, the Hadleys um, had recession-proof jobs. Um, Blake was a watch engineer at the St. Lucie Port at the St. Lucie Power Plant for 30 years. Wait, wait. And this is in 2008? I hadn't gotten there yet. No, because you said crash. So I was like, wait, yeah. which one? The I one we're in now? Or? I don't know. <laughs> Why do you ask me things I don't have the answer to? <laughs> no, no, no. That's okay. I'm trying to place context. That's all. <laughs> and Mary Jo was an elementary school teacher and everyone loved her. I'm sorry. An elementary school teacher named Mary Jo? Of course everyone loved her. She probably has those pretty flower dresses and the big, like, glasses and stuff. Yes, she did. She had the cardigans. Oh, I love a good cardigan. With the... With the the pocket? With crowns on Mm -hmm. it. Okay. And by crowns, I mean the colored things you color with. Crayons. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm-hmm. I can't say that word. (laughs) I, I was going there, and then in my head, I was like, you have to bail. You can't say that word. You're like, I'm halfway saying it. I gotta finish, otherwise it's gonna sound weird if I don't finish saying the word. But here I am. Oh man. There's my deep dark secret, everyone. And if you <laughs> didn't know who I was before, you do now because I'm the only one that can't Oh bless. Okay, so Mary Jo was a teacher. Mm-hmm. And I'm gonna call her husband Bobby Joe, even though it's not his name at all. Blake. Blake Joe. Um was a watch engineer. Engineer. At the St. Lucie Power Plant. For 30 years. Okay. Mm -hmm. Got it. So, Tyler Hadley was born December 16th, 1993. When Tyler was born, he was a preemie, and he only weighed 3 pounds and 10 ounces. And because of this, he required a month-long hospital stay in an incubator. So, the family has said, as a boy, Tyler was loving, but he was withdrawn, who kept to himself and suffered from anxiety depression, low self-esteem, and bulimia. Wow. Tyler would also quit things um, when he started them. Um, there were, it was sports, hobbies, projects. He, he would just quit them soon after starting them. Um, I mean, I don't really see that as a red flag or anything. Because no. currently, I have two puzzles and a crochet blanket started. Um, so I'm not going to kill anyone. Yeah, no. And the other thing, I'd be more concerned about all the other things he was having going on, like depression, anxiety, bulimia, maybe. But 
Tyler would quit the things because he thought he wasn't good enough and that he was a step below everyone else. So why try if you're not going to be number one? Right. Yep. Me, on the other hand, I just don't have time for this shit. And I try to fool myself into thinking that I do. It's not that I'm like, I'm the worst puzzle maker ever. No, I just am like, oh, I'm going to do this puzzle. And then I'm like, oh, I don't have time to do this puzzle. And then I have another puzzle. And I'm like, I'm going to do this one. Oh, no, I'm not. No, no, no. I try, though. So, um, by the age of 10, Tyler was already on numerous medications for various things. Ready for this? Acne, depression, growth hormones, and medications for a thyroid condition. It also made me wonder if he really even needed all those medications. Yeah, the growth hormone one actually scares me a little bit. Plus, if he's on Accutane at that same time, which is your, it was just the medicine I'm assuming he's on for acne. It's the, the only one I know of. Um, it's a very, it hurts your liver, and you have to get like a, a monthly blood test to make sure your liver level liver levels are okay. And so, if you're on that plus all of these other medications, God, his inside organs must have been just messed up poor kid yeah so i'm just he was going through a lot yeah yeah so tyler was already causing trouble by the time he was 11 he was using sharpies to write in public restrooms using screw polish to write on people's cars he broke windows he broke lawn decorations he stole christmas lights he set small fires and then would watch them set the whole woods on fire oh jeez. you know just Normal stuff, you know. A boy being a boy. Uh-huh. By the age of 12, Tyler started to self-medicate with alcohol, and then by 15, with pot, and by 16, with pills such as Xanax, Percocet, Oxy, Ecstasy, and DMT. Now, I didn't know what DMT was, so <laughs> I had to hit up the Google machine for... What's up, bro? DMT, bro? <laughs> for all you novice druggies like me, it's a hallucinogen like LSD and shrooms. But it's actually supposed to make you see God and the universe. You're not supposed to read up about what anybody else's hallucinations are. So you have your own specific trip that's built for you to reach God. And DMT can be found in stuff like ayahuasca, or you can just find it and just take it like Joe Rogan did. Oh, my God. Um, Highly recommend if you are going to do drugs out there like that, have someone who has done them before Sherpa you through it, dude. Don't try that crap by yourself, okay? Just, not because I have, I'm just saying, I know if I were, I would want someone there who's like, it's fine, it's totally normal. You know what I mean? Otherwise, it could be pretty intense from what I understand. DMT is one of those ones like, if you really want to go inside and learn about yourself in the universe, take DMT. That's what they say. I mean, I'm not personally gonna. No, but also, you know what's interesting about his behavior? Like, okay, so let's just reel back real quick. He has very low self-esteem. And so he doesn't like to try any projects that he might fail. And as soon as he thinks he's failing, he's going to quit it because he's not, he doesn't, he has such low self-esteem. He's like, well, of course, kind of a self-fulfilling prophecy. But what's also interesting about that is the instant gratification he's getting from all those other things he's doing is, in my head, making up for his low self-esteem. Like, ah, I stole this. I set this on fire. Check out the result from that. It's an instant result versus having to actually work at something over a course of time, failing, starting again, failing, starting again, and actually, you know, building towards something. Yeah. So I just think that's interesting. And I mean, like, you know, who hasn't written on a bathroom wall with a Sharpie? Let's get real. Yeah, I mean. I mean, that by itself is like, meh, you know? But I mean, and, you know, you shoe polish your friend's cars, but you don't do it on, like, strangers' cars, you know? It's like. Yeah. Again, be a good coworker. <laughs> and coworker, we mean the planet. Don't be a dick to your neighbor. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, it's like if you take each individual thing separately, it's like meh. But when you put them all together, it's like, where were his fucking parents? Dangerous cocktail. Yep. That's what I want to know. So while Tyler was growing up, Port St. Lucie was known for two things. The first being the home of the New York Mets training camp. Interesting. Yeah. Did not know that. And pot. Okay, yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> so, like, which drug is it going to be is what I was thinking. <laughs> during the real estate boom, um, deals from my, dealers from Miami started buying the empty houses for as little as 50 grand. They would then put LED lights 
and hydroponic systems in the houses to use as grow operations. And in 2006, the local and federal agencies busted 69 pot farms. But you and I both know that probably barely scratched the surface of what there really was. 69, bro. <laughs> I know. It, it made me giggle to type it. Right. I'm a child. Me too. So um, a St. Lucie West Central High School graduate has said, they're still out there. Marijuana is out of control. It's everywhere. You can't go to a party without smelling it in the air. Bro, you can't go to a party anywhere without smelling I, it in the air. If it doesn't, it, if it's not about? at the party you're at, you don't want to be at that party. Yeah, what are you having? Like lemonade and cordials and like. Are you having high tea with the queen? <laughs> Seriously, like, bro. She's you, probably got some CBDS shit now, too. You can't tell me she doesn't. She's old. She's got the arthritis. She's probably rubbing some CBD in right now as we speak. Come on. I'm, I mean, I'm you just saying. I'm just saying. Marijuana's everywhere. I mean, of the drugs to be everywhere, let's just compare the two. Marijuana, meth. Which would you rather be everywhere of the two? Marijuana. Because, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. people's faces aren't rotting out in front of you, and mm-hmm. then they're not, like, scratching. And, and they don't have the bad teeth that fall oh. out. Oh, crazy. So, yeah, I just, okay. Yeah, I, I just Is it legal in Florida now? Huh? Is it legal in Florida? Yes, it is. I think it is. The pot? Uh-huh. I don't think so. You can Florida, go to Google. They ganned the word gay. You think they have pot that's legal in Florida? Yeah, because tax revenues. He's an asshole, but not an idiot. Hello, have you met Greg? <laughs> that's true. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Anywho. Sorry, guys. It's just... Uh, we, we, not, we went off the rails again. We did, we did. Ugh. So, Tyler told Robert Kinscherf, a psychologist, and I'm quoting here... I was probably mad about getting in trouble and everything was, and everything that was going on. The, and in parentheses, the murderous thoughts started a little, a little bit, but increased in frequency, became an obsession that couldn't get out of my mind. Pretty intense. I thought about it every day. Hmm. So, in the movie, in my, in, In the movie In My Head, Tyler said he planned to kill his parents and then back the car up in the garage and kill himself by carbon monoxide poisoning. So, what did Tyler really do? Did he kill his parents and then kill himself with carbon monoxide poisoning? Mm, Possibly. Or it could have just been, I'm going to say a prank, but, you know, something like that gone bad. Maybe. Well, let me tell you what Tyler really did. Okay. Because it's worse. Surprise. Oh, God. When Tyler was 17, he threw a party at his house, which surprised his friends because he had been in a lot of trouble recently. In late April, 10 weeks before the party, Tyler got into a fight at a friend's house and was arrested on the charge of aggravated battery. Since Tyler already had a juvenile record and had previously been convicted of burglary, he was sentenced to a week at St. Lucie County Jail and then... Two weeks of house arrest. Then a month before the party, Tyler peed on his friend's bed while fucked up, and Mary Jo had him admitted to the New Horizons Mental Health Clinic, where he was forced to attend daily counseling. In order to pull this off, Mary Jo had to invoke the Baker's Act. Hmm. Um, One time a co-worker asked Mary Jo if she was afraid Tyler would hurt her, and she said she was only afraid he would hurt himself. Interesting. Two weeks before the party, Mary told Mary Jo told friends that Tyler was over the hurdle and she felt like he was back to himself. So when he posted to Facebook that he was have that there was a party at his house later, um, many of his friends were shocked and posted a bunch of questions. And then later, um, when he posted that he was that it was happening, his friends wondered where his parents were, but um, they showed up to the party anyways. They were like, hmm, I wonder where Tyler's parents are. You know what? We're going to show up anyways. I mean, because they're t- teenagers, party, house, parents gone. I mean, all of these things. Yeah, no shit. Of course I could try. They, like, against your better judgment, you're going to show up because you're a teenager. I mean, they were like, well, Tyler's been in trouble. He shouldn't be having this party. Where's his parents? His parents never leave him. Like, Free booze. <laughs> let's let's go 
just in case it's not a joke. Yeah, because then we don't want to be the ones left out of the coolest party on the planet. Right. Yeah. So, in fact, more than 100 kids showed up, and most didn't even know who Tyler was. And at the party, when people asked Tyler where his parents were, he would give them different answers every time. And when people asked him when they were coming home, he would just brush it off and just say not to worry about it. Mm-hmm. So, in other words, they probably weren't around at that point already. So, at 2 a.m., the cops showed up to the party due, due to a noise complaint. Shocker. But there was actually less than 20 people left at the party at this point. So, he had them all go hide in his bedroom while he talked to the cops. And then the cops left because he was like, look, nobody's here. Party's over. Nothing to see. Mm -hmm. So once the party broke up for good, Tyler posted on Facebook, party at my house again, HMU. Um, I don't really know what that means. Hit me up. Okay. Yeah. No, no, no. It's cool. He's all the time at work. (laughs) (laughs) I actually do. If you have any other questions, HMU. Not to my actual clients, okay, but to like coworkers. <laughs> Although I have thought about it. Yeah, Maybe I was like, bruh. So I'm like, I meant to actually Google that, so it's I wouldn't fine. have to admit it. And you then me. I was like, millennial Google here. I was like, <laughs> fuck, I forgot to Google. Go back and Google that. Normally, I highlight things mm-hmm. when I want to go back and revisit it, and yep. I forgot. Yes. Oh shit. Okay, so finally, um, it took a toll on him. Like, what really happened and where his parents really were. So, he took his friend outside and confessed the truth. Okay, so that's that's good. Okay. At least he has a, a conscience and realized, oh, fuck, what did I do? So, what did he do? So, Mary Jo was sitting at the computer while Tyler stood behind her for a good five minutes thinking about killing her Ugh. before he actually did. Okay, that's that's already Ugh. creepy. Who, uh, that's always been a thing. You know, right? That's like... Oh, no, man. No. Yeah. No. Um, and he killed her by beating her in the back of the head with a 22-inch framing hammer multiple times. Oh, my God. Uh. When he began hitting her, she screamed and turned around and asked Tyler why. Blake, Tyler's dad, came into the bedroom and looked at Tyler, and they stared at each other for a minute. Because you know, like... You walk in, he walks in, he sees this. It's complete shock. Yes. Yeah, so like, what it, the fuck so is happening? So you have that minute where you're staring at each other, like, what the fuck? And he's like, oh, shit, he saw me. Right. And then that's when he beat Blake with the same hammer. Ah, oh, Jesus. Tyler then told his friend, took, Tyler then took his friend to the master bedroom to show him the bodies. Well. Oh my God. Okay. Oh, I just realized. Dude, do you know that's so creepy? You just partied around dead bodies. Yes. His parents were in the master, locked in the master bedroom during the entire fucking party. Dude, did he just like throw lime on him and shit just to make sure they didn't smell? No. He's an idiot. So Tyler told his friend it took him over three hours to clean up all the blood before the party. So, yeah. And, uh, yeah, he, this is reminding me of a show. What, what American Horror Story season was this? People out there, help me. I think it was American Horror Story. Anyway, what a freaking chode, man. So around 1230, the party was running out of beer. So Tyler asked a party guest who was 21 and his girlfriend to drive him to drive him to the Sunoco gas station a block away. Tyler gave the guy a bunch of 20s and told him to buy four cases of, ready for this? You want to guess what type of beer? Is it Natty Light? Kind of close. Amstel Light. No. Miller High Life? Bush Light. Oh, Jesus. Bush Light. Well, it's cheap and it's basically water, so I get it. Yeah. So while the guy was in the store, he told his, the guy's girlfriend that his father had died. And bless this girl's heart, she assumed that he meant a while back, not, like, five hours ago. Well, well yeah, you don't, you don't, like, assume this person's like, yeah, my dad just died. You're like, oh, I'm so sorry, like, five hours ago. Wait, what? Why are we here? What's I, happening? I'm sorry. Right? Yeah, exactly <laughs> right. 
So Tyler's friend was not a psycho, and he left the party, and he called Crime Stoppers at 4.24 a.m. Yes, bitch. And left an anonymous tip saying that Tyler had killed his parents with a hammer. Snap. Snap to, to the bestie. Yes. Now, I did find his friend's name. I'm choosing not to, to say, say it. it. Yeah, absolutely. Also, by the way, I love, I'm sure this is how it went. You're pretend you're Tyler confessing, confessing. And I'm like, bro, you want to know what I did mm. earlier? Cause my parents are dicks. What? What's that? I totally beat them with a 22 inch framing hammer. Hmm. That's crazy, man. Why no, dude, you? I did it. Come look did in you? the master bedroom. Come okay. on, bro. I'd rather not. Okay. Oh my God. Oh my God. They're dead. Um, yeah. So what's your, what are your plans for the rest of the day? No. Bro, bro, huh? come on, let's go get a beer. No, I'm not good. Let's go get a beer. I think... I got more bush light. Let's go get a beer. I think I'm going to go home. Um, anyway, I'm going to have a... You have a great day. I'll, uh, I'm going to hit you up, HMU. Me too. And whenever you're ready to... Bro, bro, talk. no, don't leave. Let's go get a beer. No, 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 I'm good. I'm good, good. <laughs> and then instantly, like, fast speed walk out. You know what I mean? You're just going to have to agree with the person so you can get away. You know what I mean? That's what probably what he was doing. He was like... Mm -hmm. yeah that sounds great so he is the he is the treasure child of the story i agree um so for once the cops said we see our assignment and we're gonna get an a plus on this one and they went to the house the party was over and all the other kids had left tyler told the police that no one was in the house and they said tyler appeared nervous frantic and very talkative while speaking to the officers. He also appeared to have a blank stare and that his pupils were very large. Probably also a little high still, you know. Yeah, he was real high. Yeah. So Tyler told the police that Mary Jo and Blake were in West Palm Beach. Um, This was also one of the many stories he had told the partygoers as well. Um, And he wouldn't let the popo in the house. But like I said, the police decided that this was the day they were going to police. And because of the anonymous call and Tyler's sus behavior, his missing parents, as well as some other factors that I couldn't find out, um, they made emergency entrance into the home. Probably one of those like, do you hear that, Bob? Why, yes, Dave, I do. It sounds like someone screaming from the bedroom. Well, time to come in. You know, like pretending to hear something or or pretending to see something. I'm sorry, son. What's that? Is that um, beer and pot? Yeah, exactly. How old are you, sir? Uh, also, oh, and uh, by the way, in Florida, it's medical use only. It's not recreational. See, like yeah. in Texas? Texas, I think even medically, it's even harder. If you don't have a card, you have to like go get a per- like to the doctor and they hand it to like pills to you or THC pills or something? Um, like no, there's a dispensary. Oh. It's like a pharmacy. It's in South Austin. Wow. <laughs> oh, one of them? <laughs> right next to our last abortion clinic cool so once they entered the home there were beer bottles and plastic cups everywhere and tobacco tobacco with the cigars from the tobacco from the cigars where they had taken the wrappers to make sweets you take the grape ones you take out the yeah Yeah. and you put the yeah yeah. everyone knows this yeah (laughs) yes yeah the furniture was overturned and the police know something that, you know, kind of weird. Drug and high, drugged out and high, not drug, drunk and high teenagers would overlook because, you know, woo, party! Party. Dried blood on the door frame, door frame and floorboards outside the locked master bedroom door. Dried blood? Uh huh. Oh, good God. Oh, not only that, so, um, I didn't put it in here, but I did read in one of, you know, in my research that while they were playing beer pong, you know, the ping pong ball goes and rolls under the table or whatever. And one of the kids goes to get it and there's like something dark and sticky on the ping pong ball. And they're like, oh, that's kind of gross. What is this? Goes, washes it off and then keep, go back to playing beer pong. You know what? I can't say anything. I can't say anything about that. I've been to house parties like that where it's just so, the house is so gnar that you wouldn't notice anything. You'd just be like, eh. Yeah. And you're drunk, like you said, and you're like, fuck it. You're high, you're drunk. Playing I mean, these kids were play- taking oxys and Percocet. Oh. You know what I mean? Exactly. They're off their asses. So, like, 
they probably thought, oh, it was this weird ass and, gunk. Okay. Me sober. <laughs> I wouldn't go, mm, it's blood. No. Because that, again, it's like the friend. It's the last thing you think of. You don't think this kid just killed his parents. Yeah. Because why would he? And that's the point. This, it, it's so abhorrent. It makes no sense. Yeah. So once they got into the master bedroom, they say they saw, and I'm quoting, what appeared to be every piece of furniture from the house inside the room, including dining chairs, a coffee table, clothes, mirrors, bedding, towels, and papers. I don't know why that's so funny to me. But that's really funny. So when he, he spent three hours cleaning up after his murder, he didn't clean. He just he fucking just threw everything into the master bedroom. Uh. So I'm thinking he's like bleaching things. No, he's literally just shoving things into one room and it took him three hours. I mean, oh my beating God, somebody with a hammer is messy, Jess. Oh, God. What an idiot. So there was a large amount of blood on the floor. The bed um, sheets were stained. And under a blood-soaked towel, they found the body of Blake. They kept going through items in the room until they found the body of Mary Jo. So he just threw everything on top of his parents' bodies. Right. Like, he's like, fuck it. This, this kid is fucking... That's not normal. No. That is not regular normal behavior. No. At all. No. So the Pobo called the friend that initially got the ball rolling on all of this... And they interviewed him, and he retold the story that Tyler had told him before, that he was going to kill his parents. So, And this is how I did it. And yeah. I did it in the bedroom with this hammer. And like, so, all right. Tyler's plan was to take 10 Percocets to kill himself, but then the cops showed up at the house. I'm okay. sorry. I really don't believe you. Cool story, bro. And that ends in, you know... Happily ever after, because it's a fairy tale. Yeah. yeah. So because of his choice of weapon, the other inmates have given him a whole plethora of nicknames. Ham, Hammer, Hambo, Hadley, Hadley Hambo, Bam Bam. <laughs> Bam Bam. Bam Bam's my favorite. <laughs> oh my God. Hadley Hambo. Oh God bless so Tyler would get annoyed with some of these nicknames, but other times Good. he would autograph things for inmates, and he once even signed something with. I don't know if you're a fan, but you should be. It's hammer time. Oh my god! Oh god, I what hate a it. class act that one is. Classy with a fucking K. Mm-hmm. So, Tyler has not been a model prisoner while <laughs> in the Okeechobee Correctional Institute. Mm-hmm. He has smoked pot, been caught with shanks, and refused to participate in di- disciplinary hearings. I, how do you refuse to participate? Uh, I think you kind of have to. It's a disciplinary hearing. You see what I'm saying? I, you see what I'm saying? Did he lay on the floor and refuse to go to the discipline? Right? I, like, okay. Whatever. <sighs> I really think he's got a lot of mental health problems. I I do too. I think that, I don't know what happened between he was getting the right therapy and health and then he kind of got off track somehow. You see what I'm saying? Because it sounded like his parents were actually doing the right thing. They put him on medications that he needed. They took him to therapy. It sounded like at least that part of it, well, they were being I, good parents. I think that quote from the therapist, what he told the therapist, was probably mm-hmm. later. Mm. Yeah. Because, I don't know. I just feel like, you're right, there was definitely a lot of mental stuff going on here. It's it's a little bit of A and B, right? Nature and nurture combined to make this perfect cocktail that is a serial killer. Well. Or a killer. I have um, a little excerpt. Oop, yes, yes. <laughs> From a letter he wrote his Mima and Papa. Mm. I'm sure. Th- Do they want him to write to them? I don't know, but this is. Oh, I don't know if like Grandma Grandpa would be real happy receiving a letter from maybe one of their children. Or even if it wasn't. It's like, what the hell, right? Oh, people out there are way more forgiving than I think I could be, I'll be honest. Ooh. Ready for this? Yes. 
I was just living my life as a normal 17-year-old kid, and the next thing I know, I'm in the middle of St. Lucie County Jail. I ruined a lot of people's lives, and I can't seem to forgive myself. I find myself crying a lot because of all the guilt. <laughs> Every day, I beg for forgiveness, and I ask God not to send me to hell. I don't want to go there. Father Michael told me that I just, if I just confess my sins and repent them, God will forgive me for everything. I just can't get rid of all this guilt. It's swallowing me whole. I'm extremely nervous that I'm going to get life, a life sentence. It's making me pretty depressed. I want to say I'm really sorry for the grief I've stirred up. I know everyone thinks I'm a psychopath and all. Well, you are. But I really am sorry for everything. I've been praying every day for forgiveness and for a decent plea offer. I should get one since it's my first offense. I feel extremely bad for Ryan and especially you and my other grandparents for the grief I've caused. I feel like Ryan doesn't love me anymore, but I know he does and he's just going through a rough time. But it's so hard to go through this. I'm scared and I feel so alone. When did he write this? I guess when he was in county before his um, trial. I was going to say, because it's like, because, okay, first off, you start off saying, hey, you know, I was hanging out with my parents, and then stuff and stuff and things, and then all of a sudden I'm in jail. I'm like, okay, if you really want to confess your sins, that little stuff and stuff and things part, that's where you put that. You know what I mean? Just saying. <sighs> Jesus, dude. Like, was that just to try to, like, sympathy for me i feel so bad and yeah i hope you are praying every day i, I really do i do my friend because what you did is not right <laughs> so is he still there yes ah freaking guy Ugh. i remember that story for some reason because whenever you said hadley i was like that's really familiar and then whenever you said he had three hours and then he had he posted on facebook and then he had the party i was like i remember this news story and I was remember thinking, like, this fucking asshole. What yeah. a fucking asshole. I mean, what got me is he threw all the furniture on top of his parents' bodies. Like, that's how he cleaned up. Don't get me wrong. We've all cleaned house like that before a party and thrown shit under our beds, into closets. Like, literally just like, ah, oh, my God. You know what I mean? But, like, again, this is after you murdered your parents. So, a little bit different circumstances there, Brev. Jeez. What a psychopath. Yeah. Ugh. He's a piece of work. <laughs> I don't sure. even know what to call him. I know. I, it's just so much going on there. <sighs> so I have Treasure Child this week. And mm -hmm. bear with me. Take us down. Take us up. I'm going to take us down. Oh, I hate it when you take us do back up. this. I know. I'm sorry. Okay. It was one of two. And I could not decide. And you know me, I'm going to go a little bit against the rules, but you'll see why, okay? There's been some things weighing on my heart lately, which, by the way, when we're recording this, uh, we try to pre-record, so we apologize if we didn't say this one happened. Brianna Taylor's murderers have finally have some sort of charges against them. So thank God. Like, at least it's a step in the right direction. But that's been weighing on my heart a lot lately. And then Brittany Griner, I mean, that's a whole other thing. Yeah. You know what I mean? Which is like the opposite of the coin. Like, oh crap, how are we going to do help her? That's just a whole other thing. So anyway, I remember hearing about this little girl and not really like understanding or the full story here. So today I'm going to talk about Claudette Colvin. Have you heard her name? Mm. Does it sound a little familiar? I don't know. Okay, so let me get into it. So Claudette Colvin, and I don't know if it's Colvin or Colvin. I, I'm just going to go with whatever. Um, born Claudette Austin, was born on September 5th, 1939, to Mary Jane Gadsden and C.P. Austin in Montgomery, Alabama. Her parents weren't able to support Claudette and her siblings, so they went to live with her great auntie and uncle, Mary Ann. I know. There's a, there's a Mary Ann... And her mom's name was Mary Jane. I just love uh, it. I love the double names, but yet I didn't. And get this. So, and then her aunt uncle's name. So her uncle's name was QP Colvin. And her dad name, her dad's name was CP Austin. Isn't that weird? Mm -hmm. I was just like, okay, what are the odds? 
So anyway, she went to live with her great aunt and uncle, and she took their last name because they raised her. And she did have one sister. Um, and when Claudette was little, being a little black girl in the 1940s and 50s, Southern America, she didn't exactly have the best childhood. Wow. Jim Crow laws were in effect, and in her words, quote, we couldn't try on clothes. You had to take a brown paper bag and draw a diagram of your foot and take it to the store. Can you imagine all of that in my mind? My head was just too full of black history, you know, the oppression that we went through. It felt like Sojourner Truth was on one side pushing me down and Harriet Tillman was on the other side pushing me down. I couldn't get up. So for those like myself whose education didn't cover the Jim Crow laws, like basically at all, it was like a skim. Yeah. And then we did bad things to black people. So anyway, here's some more information. The Jim Crow law started at the end of Reconstruction in the 1870s. And in Plessy versus Ferguson Supreme Court case in 1896, the Supreme Court ruled that, quote, separate but equal treatment didn't violate the 14th Amendment. And that amendment grants citizenship and equal rights to African Americans after the Civil War. The name Jim Crow actually came from a minstrel routine name. And uh, if you... Uh, they're just disgusting. If you need, actually, I do recommend if you don't know what they are, definitely look it up. This history is important to know. It's white people in blackface and then dancing around pretending they're black people. It's really gross. So, yeah, of course the law was named after that. And the laws meant that African Americans couldn't eat at the same restaurants as whites, drink from the same water fountains, play in the same parks, go to the same swimming pools. Also regulated among just some of the things were cemeteries cemeteries y'all theaters interracial marriage as we know and transportation thankfully the supreme court reversed this decision in 1954 and started to desegregate schools and public places and then came the civil rights act of 1964 that lbj passed that prohibits discrimination on the basis of race color religion sex or national origin and claudette back in the 50s, went to Booker T. Washington School, which was the first high school in Montgomery for black students. When she was 15, on March 2nd, 1955, she got onto a bus, like usual, on her way home from school, paid the fee, and then sat wherever she damn well pleased, as she should. <laughs> oh, you know what? Yes, I, I, yes. Yep. I know, right? It's like one of those things at the back of your mind that you just can't put your finger on. Then as soon as you heard that, it's like, I know who this person is. Yes. Check this. Obviously, the white bus driver was pissy because there were more white people coming onto the bus. And he's like, no, you got to get up so the white people can sit. You guys got to move to the back of the bus. That's how it worked at the time. And so she was like, huh, the fuck I am. I paid my fee. I'm allowed to be here. Period. It's basically what she told him. He said, okay, cool, and called the cops, which, basically a death sentence at that point, or worse for women. They dragged her off the bus using force and drove her to the station, making comments about her bra size, with one of them even sitting in the back seat with her. She was 15, guys. 15, okay? No, nothing happened. Thank God. But unfortunately, stuff like that did happen to a lot of people. They threw her in jail, and um, eventually she was bailed out by her minister. And she said, quote, all I remember is that I was not going to walk off the bus voluntarily. <laughs> I was like, hell yeah, girl. You fight. Fuck them. So what kind of prompted this, and what's interesting, is her school had been reading about Harriet Tubman and the Underground Railroad, and she must have been like really inspired by all of that to be like, you know what? No. Screw this. I'm going to make a statement now, too. And once they threw her in jail, she said, and then I got scared, panic came over me, and I started crying, and then I started saying the Lord's Prayer. I mean, I can imagine, because, you know, I'm sure she knew there'd be consequences. She's seen it. But, you know, it, it's so different when it happens to you, and she was so young, you know, just a lot of pressure already being a teenage girl, a black girl in the South. This thing just happens. I mean crazy plus you're starting you're starting to stand up for yourself as a person but then there's another identity there black woman you know so you're standing up for your people too so uh, a lot a lot to think about 
Well, they fucked with the wrong little girl because she was connected via her NAACP Youth Council to a Miss Rosa Parks. The NAACP began helping her fund her legal defense. So Miss Rosa Parks was like her mentor. Yeah. And then being in the South, they had this, you know, trial in quotes, and she was convicted of disturbing the peace, violating the segregation laws, and the battery and assault of a police officer. Because of course she was. Oh yeah, I'm sure. Yeah, she, that 15 year old girl. If you see photos of her, she's she's little. She's scrawny, okay? Like I'm sure she uh, really assaulted you there, bud. Her lawyer obviously filed an appeal, and on May 6, 1955, all the charges were dropped except assaulting a police officer. Of course. <laughs> Didn't see that coming at right. all. I know. Then came December 1st, 1955, when Rosa Parks was tired and sat at the front of a bus. And well, you know, we all know. We all know Rosa Parks' story. Yes. Claudette's mother told her to, quote, be quiet about what I did. She told me to let Rosa be the one. White people aren't going to bother Rosa. They like her. So life is very hard, obviously, when you don't have money, forced to live and work and be where you are told. And even back then, they experienced colorism among themselves. And her mother knew that the lighter-skinned Rosa would get more white folks on their side, which is so sad because it's still pretty true. And then that, Claudette was also young, teenager, so already, like, she's a teenager. What is she saying? And she was pregnant. Mm. So it looked bad. And unfortunately, back then, the NAACP decided they didn't want her to be in the forefront because it would look bad. I get their reasoning because at the time, all of those things would have been kind of like political suicide, essentially. Mm Mm-hmm. In and of themselves, nothing is wrong with any of that. Except being a young mother is really difficult. We do not recommend that, y'all. If you can avoid it, it's not glamorous like what MTV makes it look out to be. Because it's not. I mean, you've had kids. I don't. Yep. Outside looking in. No thanks. <laughs> you know what I mean? Oh, come on. It's fun, they say. <laughs> it's so much fun. It looks like awesome. So, anyway. Back to her when she was a teenager. She used to dream of becoming the President of the United States. And I was like, oh, my God, that would have been so cool, right? And she was driven to protest, obviously not just because of, you know, what she was learning, but also by the death of a classmate, by the alleged sexual assault of a white woman. So he was stooping a white woman with consent, got caught. The white woman's like, I'm being raped. Right, because, you know, Uh uh-huh, God forbid. Uh Uh-huh, and then... He gets tried, convicted, and hung. And it's mm-hmm. like, seriously? Yeah. So she saw that. And that was one of her friends. She also, after this, then joined with five plaintiffs in the case Browder versus Gale to challenge the city bus segregation in Montgomery as unconstitutional. She said in the case, quote, I kept saying he has no civil right. This is my constitutional right. You have no right to do this. And I kept blabbing things out and I never stopped. That was worse than stealing, you know, talking back to a white person. The case made it all the way up to the Middle District of Alabama and ruled that Alabama and Montgomery's laws were unconstitutional. They appealed it, because of course they did, and it went to the Supreme Court. And the Supreme Court reaffirmed that the ruling on November 13, 1956 was correct as unconstitutional. Well, racism never takes a day off, so they appealed again. Of course. Like, come on, guys. They've told you the answer. So the Supreme Court declined to reconsider and ordered them on December 20th, 1956, to end the bus segregation. They fucked around, and they found out. Yep. So believe it or not, this case at the time made the people of Montgomery come together regardless of their class or race. It actually, like, bonded them, which I was very surprised about and it actually is a little encouraging too because it does mean that even the people we see on the news now that they're saying oh we're so divided oh we're so polarized yes yes but really look back at the times when we've all come together due to a commonality like houston hurricanes 
right? Right. Didn't matter what side of the aisle you were on. They're like, I got a boat, I got water, I got a generator, right? Yeah. That's what's really happening. So I think if we lean into that more, we'll see it's actually not that many things that make us so different. Right. You know? So let's go up. In 1956, Claudette gave birth to her son, Raymond, and they left Montgomery for New York City because the fucking course they did. They're like, I'm out of this bitch. <laughs> Fuck all of this and all y'alls. And in 1958 is when she landed in New York. She eventually became a nurse's aide in a nursing home after a lot of hard times, and she retired in 2004. In 2016, the Smithsonian Institution and the National Museum of African American History and Culture fought to give her the recognition in her right against segregation and or in her fight against segregation i wrote right and while this hasn't happened according to my research she was able to get her record expunged in december 2021 oh my god 66 years after her conviction and that's a problem y'all that's a real fucking big problem the fact that it wasn't as expunged like immediately like uh, just anyway and of this she said quote i'm an old woman now having my records expunged will mean something to my grandchildren and great-grandchildren and it will mean something for other black children and that who is is who claudette colvin is you know i knew there was somebody before rosa parks right but i don't think i knew who what her name was yep now we know so spread the word, y'all. And uh, yeah, <sighs> if y'all hear any news of those cases before we do, hit us up on our Instagram because <laughs> we we definitely support people's human rights to exist mm-hmm. on the planet and <laughs> just be yourselves and do you, boo-boo. Yep. Know what I mean? So yeah, thanks so much for listening. <laughs> well, <laughs> I hope we didn't bring you down too much. <laughs> uh, Oh, we hope you'll have a wonderful rest of your week. And And we'll see you next Tuesday. As always. Bye. Bye. Thanks for joining us today. You can find us on SoundCloud, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google, Amazon, or wherever you get your podcasts. And as always, we'll see you next Tuesday.